See, a lot of people have doubts about the Word, but they'd never admit it. But the doubts are there because it's not prevailing. All of the Bible, all the Scripture is God-breathed. Okay, it's, it's anointed. The whole Bible's anointed. But there's a, there are places and statements in the Scriptures. And our responsibility is to discern the places when it isn't directly speaking to us. Now, listen to me. I have no, I in no way at any time wanted to encourage anybody not to read the Old Covenant. There are, there are truths in the Old Covenant that are, nece- that are necessary for us to receive. But yet on the other hand, it's our responsibility to make sure that we understand what's being said and who it's being said to and why it's being said. There are statements that are made in, let's say, the Gospels, for instance. There's some illustrations that are easy. For instance, Jesus makes this statement. A young man came to him and asked him what he needed to do, what did this young man need to do to receive eternal life? And what did Jesus tell him to do? Huh? Sell everything you have and follow me. That was for that young man at that time. That is not for the body of Christ presently today. You're supposed to know the difference. There's another time that says, Jesus said, to receive forgiveness, you have to forgive. That was for them at that time, and it's the truth. It's not a truth for us. That's not true for us. Our forgiveness comes whether you forgive or not. Okay, so it isn't tied to that. So here's the the major issue here. The old covenant is to be accepted by the believer only when it doesn't place you under the law. That's your key. If it places you under the law, then it's not talking to you, and that's all there are to it. But there are truths that you need to know, great truths in all of the Old Covenant uh, to recognize how God dealt with those people. John's Gospel, the first chapter, verse Three verses, first three verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You understand what that's saying? Pay attention to it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word of God is the most important thing for you and I to consume that there ever is. The Word of God. Now, we need help. We need the Holy Ghost to unfold and unveil and reveal to us these truths. You can't get them on your own because here's what happens. If you attack, if if you attempt, put it this way, if you attempt to extract truths on your own, you know what you do? You have to approach it two ways. Mentally 
and naturally. And you need more than this. You have to have spiritual. You can't receive spiritual without the help of the Holy Ghost. We have spent some time here in the past talking about renewing our minds. That's important. Renewing our minds to the Word of God so that when we do understand it, we're not conflicting. We're not coming against it with our natural mind or the unrenewed part. See, the unrenewed part of your mind is going to conflict with the truth. It can't accept it. The natural man cannot accept the spiritual things. This is why when Jesus talked to his disciples, there was difficulty lots of times. Now, if you go back to that conversation with Jesus and Peter, remember when he said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, you know, some of them say you're here and there and you're in here. He said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, I know who you are. Who did Peter say he was? Uh, what Peter said will not bring salvation to Peter. That's the whole point here. He said the truth. He revealed who Jesus was. But that revealing will not bring salvation to Peter. It couldn't. See, salvation was not available at that time. Salvation was not available until after the resurrection So a lot of times in the gospel, you have to pay attention when they're speaking and talking. What are they speaking of? They're talking about Jesus being recognized as what? The Son of God. That was the major point. That was what they were rejecting, remember? The high priest, the the leaders within the religious organization of Israel. They rejected Jesus as the Son of God. Okay, what would, what would that acknowledgement do? What would that happen to them? It wouldn't give them salvation because salvation wasn't available. It was the fact that it was spiritual and they could not receive anything spiritual. That statement that Peter made, Jesus told him where he got it. And right, right at the same moment, Peter turned right around and said, when Jesus said, we got to go on over to Jerusalem because they're going to want to crucify me and I'll be raised up on the third day. And Peter said, that ain't going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. Jesus said, you don't know what you're saying. Get behind me. So we teach that faith, faith cometh by hearing. That's partially true. If the if the word of God, if the word of God, which is where the faith comes from, doesn't prevail in your life, it's the prevailing word that the faith comes in on, not just reading the word. It's prevailing. Do you know what the word prevail means? Come on, talk to me. What does prevail mean? Come on. Well, it's an overcoming word, right? It's the victorious word. It's prevailing. It's overcoming. It's not, it's not, it's not losing. It's winning. That has, to become, that has to become 
your attitude about the Word of God. See, a lot of people have doubts about the Word, but they'd never admit it. But the doubts are there because it's not prevailing. It doesn't prevail in them. Well, if the Word doesn't prevail in you, then the faith that you need from that Word will not come to you. Because. Because, see, God's just not going to give it to you. He's already given it to you. Everything that we have need of has already been accomplished for us. But it has to come to us through faith. And faith has a protocol. Faith has a way to function. Faith has a way to be received. Faith has a way to be released. When, when are you going to release your faith? Have you made your mind up when you release your faith? You have great needs. God wants to meet your needs. He's going to do it through the avenue of faith. But somebody's got to be doing some releasing of their faith. God's just not going to override stupidity to bless us. He wants to bless us. That's, that's who we are. We're the blessed. But we're not walking in the blessings that we should have because we do not know how. Because it's a, it's a learned exercise. A lot of things in the scriptures that are ours, we have to learn them. It, it, just, it just doesn't happen. Just because we're Christians, it just doesn't happen. Matthew 9, 27. Here's an instance, an episode. Jesus departed thence, came down. He, he had been at Jairus' house, raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. Now he's on his way out, and here comes two blind men. And they say, uh, when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, crying and saying. How many of you have been guilty of crying and saying? Huh? Did you know they're still blind? Crying and saying doesn't get anything. You could equal that to say crying and praying. Crying and praying. God is not moved by crying and praying. Jesus wasn't moved by crying and saying. They're still blind. They go into Jesus' presence. They, they're in the presence of Jesus, standing right there with him. That didn't heal them. They're still blind. Still blind. Listen to what was said. They said to Jesus, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came into the house, the blind men came in with him, still blind, even in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus said unto them, Believe you that I'm able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Now they're proving this by what they're doing and what they're, how they, what they're saying and what they're doing. Remember they started saying something and then they followed him? Then he asked them, Do you think I'm able to do this? They said, Yes. Then he touched their eyes saying, What did he say to them? He said, according to your faith, not according to the power in Jesus, not according to Jesus' faith, according to their faith, so be it unto you. Guess what happened? Their eyes were open. And Jesus, of course, straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know this. But that didn't pay any, they didn't pay any attention to this because they were excited. 
they were blind, and now that they see. According to your faith, there's three things to understand. Number one, is God able? Number two, is God willing? Now, there have been some other episodes where that was a question. So in your own mind, what is the question? Do you believe that God is able? You want me to tell you what is a thief in all of this? The sovereignty message. The sovereignty message steals right here. It steals people's blessings, steals people's healings, steals anything that faith is required because it puts doubt in people's minds about God's ableness and God's willingness. Willingness mostly is God willing. They don't know. They can't, they can't discern because here's what happens. They've been taught that God's sovereign, that he's in charge. And then somebody's mentioned to them about all of the ungodly things that are happening around the world. And they've attributed it to God. And that makes him less able and less willing. That's all, that's what that was for. Here's why you have to check yourself out. God's sovereignty can't challenge your free will. If you have a free will, then God's sovereignty can't challenge it. Why would God give you free will and then set himself up in, in a sovereignty position to take it away from you and challenge it? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's why the authority of the believer is so important. The authority of the believer challenges that sovereignty message. Puts it in its proper place. Yes, God is a sovereign God. Nobody said that God isn't a sovereign God. The only problem is, in his sovereignty, he doesn't rule the world. Okay. He, with, he withdrew himself from that position. The world is now ruled by an ungodly spirit. I wish we had time this morning to go into the ungodly spirit that's ruling the world. You can see it everywhere you look. It's the ungodly spirit ruling the world. And guess what? It'll get worse. It will get better. That's, that's, that was the correction that the Holy Ghost gave me some years ago because I was wishing and hoping for back like it used to be. In a time of prayer, once the Holy Ghost said, what are you doing? Well, you know, when he says that, you're in trouble. And I said, I'm in trouble to myself. And he took me in the scripture and showed me perilous times will come, not better times, perilous times. The better times are when the word prevails. When you and I allow the Word of God to prevail in our lives, when we put so much confidence and trust in it, see, here's the problem here. When we're in the process of this, the prevailing Word is going to challenge 
every natural thought. Can't have it. The natural thoughts can't yield to the prevailing word because the natural thoughts need something else to back them up. They need sense knowledge. They need the senses. The prevailing word functions beyond the sense realm. You can't even allow a shadow of a doubt to come in on any situation. You can't be concerned about how's God going to do it. Your natural mind experience doesn't stand up against the truth of God's word. When God says give and it shall be given to you, that's exactly what he means. And if you would start to say that very word, if you would start to say, I give and it's given back to me, guess what would happen? Blessings would knock your front door down. 